0: Hey guys, I am Dr. Anushruti and I'm back with yet another super hit episode. Pelvic health is one of my personal favorite and important topics to discuss. It's not only responsible for supporting the functional bowel movements, urination, pregnancy, delivery, but it also keeps the bladder, reproductive organs in one place. So to discuss this and make you realize its importance, Today on board, I have Dr. Andrea, who is a pelvic floor physical therapist, a beautiful woman and a wonderful guide to your pelvic floor health. She is joining us live directly from USA. Hello, Dr. Andrea, how are you? Good, how are you? Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, I am fine. Dr. Andrea, can you tell me that what exactly is pelvic health? What do you feel? you know, we can classify a pelvic health as good health. Like if this is something, then you have a good pelvic health.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It encompasses a ton. So it's going to encompass our bladder. So in order to have good pelvic health, we have to have good bladder health. So meaning that we are urinating throughout the day. When we urinate, there's no hesitation to pee. There's no stop and start to pee. We're not leaking going to the bathroom when we have that urge to go. We're not leaking after we go. So a lot of my clients that I work with will be done voiding and they're urinating, they're finished, and then they get up and they pee. So we call that a post void dribble. That is also not common. And then also on the opposite side of that, we have our bowel health. That's very important. So I'm a big believer in going to the bathroom every single day, but with that too, Good pelvic health and good bowel health, our stool needs to be like a banana-like, so soft but firm, so it's not loose, it's not hard, so we're not having constipation, we're not dealing with diarrhea, we're not straining to push because that puts a ton of load through our pelvic floor and onto our pelvic organs, and then on the other side, we have our sexual function that is very important for pelvic health, so with that, we need to have pain-free intercourse, intimacy, but also pleasurable. Intimacy, where a lot of people miss that side of things, especially on the women's pelvic health. But pelvic health is going to encompass men, women, children. I mean, everyone has a pelvic floor, so it's not just the female population, like oftentimes we assume it is. So
0: everyone who has a pelvis needs a pelvic health. Well, what does a pelvic floor therapy session ideally looks
1: like? Like what my audience should assume it about? Yeah. So with me, I'm a little different because I am a pelvic floor specialist, but I'm also a big believer in looking at the entire body. Um, so a very holistic mindset. So with PT and general physical therapy, especially in the United States, our bread and butter is in orthopedics. So we come out of our doctorate program knowing how to treat everything from neck pain to foot pain and everything in between. And then when I got... Maybe a year or so out of school, I started specializing in the pelvic floor, and that's where I was like, I'm never going to lose my orthopedic side of PT, and I'm going to incorporate that into physical therapy pelvic floor. So what my session looks like, of course, we're going to assess the pelvic floor, but with the pelvic floor, an assessment, if we do an internal assessment, requires an internal exam it's not a necessary thing. At My exam is 90 minutes in length, and that pelvic floor assessment is usually maybe five minutes. So outside of the pelvic floor and examining for bladder, bowel, sexual function, you really have to look at our ribcage function because that's going to be telling of how well our diaphragm, our respiratory muscle, is firing. Our diaphragm is a huge indicator in how our pelvic floor is firing they both go hand in hand so you really need to find a pelvic floor therapist that knows how to assess and then treat your diaphragm your rib cage your mid back also another big area in a pelvic floor assessment is, is our pelvis so obviously our pelvic floor is going to attach our pubic bone to our tailbone and in between our two sit bones So you really need to find a pelvic floor therapist. And what I looked at is the entire pelvis. So that's going to include the tailbone. That's going to include our sacroiliac joint, the SI joint, the low back, the hips. And then with that too, we need to look for range of motion in our hips. So if there's any um, lack of range of motion with hip internal rotation or hip external rotation, that's going to play a big role on our pelvic health. Also with muscle firing, I often see the glute muscles or under firing typically, and so then we get overcompensation from our pelvic floor muscles, which can contribute to sexual dysfunction, bladder dysfunction, and or bowel dysfunction. And then a big key piece that I find that is also, is usually missed in the pelvic floor exam is examining the foot and the ankle complex. So let's say, for example, I have an athlete or a mom that is leaking urine with jumping jacks what is in contact every time we jump and land is our foot ankle complex so what the foot ankle is able to absorb from our ground reaction touching that our pelvic floor is going to respond from that as well so i believe again in the whole body approach and then of course putting it back to the pelvic floor But seeing what I can find from an external standpoint and then my pelvic floor exam can confirm with that internal assessment what I found.
0: Moving on, Dr. Andrea, you know, we have come across a lot of complaints of people that they pee during their workouts and you just gave an instance as well. So why is it so common while working out that people do not have control over their pee or without even any urge, they just leak it?
1: Yeah, So there's a lot of reasons and contributing factors. That's why it's so important to get assessed. A lot of people will assume, well, hey, I'm leaking, Um, I'm dribbling urine, I must have a weak pelvic floor. Let me just do Kegels, right? Like everyone talks about pelvic floor contractions, aka Kegels, but that's just one little isolated contraction in our entire body. And when someone's leaking with exercise, let's say it is running now running is a very complex move so we have to break down what is happening in the entire body when someone is running not only the pelvic floor is the only thing firing right we have our mid back our upper body is moving our pelvis is moving our legs are obviously moving back and forth we're in a single leg stance every time we take a step for running so it's just a total disservice when someone just only looks at our pelvic floor And only can assume that the pelvic floor is weak when there's so many moving factors when someone is leaking with said exercise. So um, other contributing factors is again like hip um, immobility, muscle compensations as far as over firing from some one muscle, under firing from another muscle, and then our pelvic floor will compensate. Abdominal strength comes into that as well. So oftentimes most clients don't have a complete abdominal poor activation so then we compensate so a lot of it the word i keep using is compensation a lot of it is compensation from our body and our pelvic floor our bladder our bowels take the brunt of that and then we leak well with this
0: dr andrea i would like to introduce you to one of these segments of my show where we answer the question of my followers patients and clients so I have a bunch of questions ready for you that my followers have sent directly to me for Dr. Andrea. So are you ready to answer them? let Okay. Well, the first question comes from Abhilash Sharma from Shimla. He says, I have an irritable bowl. Sometimes I am constipated and sometimes I have loose motions. Why does this happen? Also keeping in mind that I have a very restricted diet
1: too. Okay. So let's say we knock out the food because that's kind of out of my scope, right? To look at the food intake, but that does play a big role. So with our pelvic floor muscles, if our pelvic floor muscles are too tense, too tight, we're going to have to sort of squeeze, push, strain. So then we can have constipation with that if we can't fully eliminate. On the contrary, if our pelvic floor muscles aren't contracting well enough to keep our stool up, we could have loose stools, we could have incontinence. So there also could be trigger points within our anal region of our pelvic floor. So if there is trigger points, again, we could have that tensing of the pelvic floor and then we can't have a complete bowel movement. So there's usually gonna be uncoordinated pelvic floor muscle firing patterns or too tight pelvic floor muscles, so too tense, or they're not contracting well enough. So it's one of the three, it's hard to tell until we do a full thorough pelvic floor assessment, but I would definitely get that assessed if there is um, inconsistent bowel stool types. So
0: uh, Abhilash Sharma, I hope your question is answered. Next, we have a person who wants to be anonymous. Okay, the question is, I have felt pain in my vagina during intercourse. I know this should not be painful. Will it be fine to consult a pelvic floor specialist or should I consult a gynecologist?
1: So I would 100% seek a pelvic floor therapist. It's typically something to do with the pelvic floor muscles. Again, we, I would want to have more information to see if it's more so superficial, so kind of right with insertion. If it's more with deeper penetration, if it's more with thrusting patterns, that'll give me a better idea of what part of the pelvic floor could be affected. Yeah. And then also to external factors as well. I see it a lot of times with my clients that are having pain with intimacy or pain with intercourse penetration. There's often a lack of femur internal rotation that then causes the pelvic floor muscles to tense. So that's typically what's happening when we have any pain with insertion, the pelvic floor muscles are tensing. And so our body isn't allowing to eccentrically elongate. And so that's where, again, we have to figure out why our body isn't allowing us to do that. But I would definitely want to, you know, look at the hips. I would want to look at her diaphragm. I'd want to look at her TMJ and jaw. So if there's any restrictions up here in the neck, there's also going to be restrictions in the pelvic floor region. But I would definitely consult a pelvic floor therapist. On this
0: note, I would also like to remind every my follower, my client, my patient who have sent the questions and all the listeners and viewers on different platforms that every consultation should be made specifically, personally, to your nearest physical therapist. Dr. Andrea's views are over generalized patterns. Well, next we have Mr. Karan Sehgal from Mumbai. He says hi Dr. Andrea how are you greetings from India my urine does not form I think sometimes I either leak it or sometimes I do not go at all why is it happening even though I drink eight to ten glasses
1: of water daily okay so uh, just uh clarify he's saying that he's not completely emptying and leaking yeah okay so when I see someone that's not completely emptying, that's another sign of hypertonicity or too tight pelvic floor muscles. So you you probably see a pattern now. Most of it is hypertonicity, tightness in the pelvic floor muscles, creating a ton of pelvic floor dysfunction. So with that being said, I would challenge him when he does go to the bathroom to make sure that his foot posture I would try to go make sure his feet are completely straight. That's if he is standing to urinate, making sure that he's not tensing again. The teeth are not touching. The glottis is open, so the throat is open. And then his belly is relaxed. So oftentimes when we urinate, we subconsciously sort of suck in the abdominal wall, which can can then throw off our bladder or detrusor muscle. So I would challenge him to do that. Feet straight. Completely relaxed, belly relaxed, throat open, jaw teeth open, and then he's breathing as he urinates so he could completely empty. When you feel like you're done voiding and urinating, pause for a few seconds, take a few deep breaths, see if you have any more left for the bladder to squeeze out while our pelvic floor muscles are relaxed. So the biggest thing is when we're urinating, our bladder is squeezing to get the water out or started to get the urine out. And then our pelvic floor muscles have to be completely relaxed the whole time or we're not gonna completely empty. And then we can leak the rest of the day or throughout the day because of that.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so the last question from my followers is Diksha Sethi from Rajasthan. She says, hello, Dr. Andrea. I have irregular menstrual cycle. In my ultrasound, PCOD or PCOS weren't declared. So is the issue with my pelvic floor or what should I do to have regular menstrual cycle? Can a physical therapist help me out with this?
1: Yes, great, great question. I see this often in practice. Now, I will say I work with multiple providers when I do have someone coming in with irregular menstrual cycles. So, myself as a pelvic floor physical therapist, I often recommend naturopathic functional medicine and then gynecological as well. So, totally get everyone on board. Make sure you have a good team with that. And then also, so with the functional medicine, they're going to make sure that you have the proper macronutrients that are feeding your body, gynecological to make sure to rule out maybe any estrogen dominance, lower estrogen. And then from a pelvic floor standpoint, we can determine if there's any visceral restriction. So now our organs, so with our reproductive area, just like any other muscle in the body, the reproductive area has fascial lining in it. So, when that fascial tissue, that connective tissue gets tight, that can create issues with our menstrual cycle. That can create cramping. That can create delays in our menstrual cycle from happening. And then also, too, with the fluctuations of hormones that us as women have every single month around ovulation and menstruation, that can affect our stability of our pelvis as well. So, all of those things that happen on a menstrual cycle, on a cyclical cycle for us women can a hundred percent be improved by seeing a pelvic floor therapist, but by again, finding the instabilities in our body, finding to see where those connective tissues, muscles, visceral organs may be restricted. And once we find those restrictions, we can free that up so we can improve blood flow around our reproductive areas. As women, we can improve blood flow to our pelvic floor muscles and the surrounding tissues to hopefully get the menstrual cycle back on a regular um, cycle. I see it all the time in practice, but again, the most success that I have is when those clients, those patients are working with myself, functional medicine, naturopathic medicine, and then a great gynecological um, provider.
0: Okay. Well, last but not the least, Dr. Andrea, what will be your biggest advice to everyone who's listening and watching this video? to have and to maintain a good pelvic health, to have a great pelvis. See, everyone who has a pelvis
1: needs a pelvic health. So what will be your biggest advice to them that they can follow? My biggest advice is truly learn how to use your diaphragm. It is the centerpiece of our body. It is our respiratory muscle. We use it 24 seven, we have to to breathe. And so when we know how to use our diaphragm efficiently, Throughout the day, we will have optimal pelvic floor health. They work in conjunction. We will have less neck pain, less TMJ issues, less headaches, and then we'll have no pelvic floor issues. So I really truly believe if everyone knows how to use our diaphragm, knows how to really use that 360 degree um, respiratory muscle throughout our day, we can get more into our parasympathetic system. So that's going to help with our central nervous system and regulation into more that rest digest system and not so much fight or flight or increase in our stress throughout the day, increase in our cortisol. So it's going to help with so much outside of pelvic floor health. It's going to help with total body deregulation, down regulation. So that would be my biggest piece of advice is really, truly learn how to use your diaphragm in conjunction with your pelvic floor muscles.
0: Okay. Well, with this, we have come to an end of this super hit blockbuster episode. And I know that you guys really loved it because it was all about the beautiful part of the body, pelvis. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Andrea, for taking your time from your schedule to speak to us and to my audience. I believe you liked it and you had a great time with this.
1: Thank you so much again for having
0: me. Thank you so much. Well, this is your reminder to go have a glass of water and straighten your back. Take care of your pelvis. Take care of your body. We'll see you in the next episode. Till then, take care. Goodbye. (laughs)